Well, good Monday morning and welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. It's March, and so we're talking uh, customer experience all this month in our uh, our episodes. And uh, we've got a great guest today. I'm excited to get into the conversation with her in a few minutes and uh, chat with uh, her about uh, her experiences in the industry, what she sees right now in uh, in customer experience, and uh, where we go from here. But before we do that, let's thank our sponsors over at Accelerate. So if you're looking to close out more loans in 2021, uh, you obviously at this point, if you've been uh, listening to our podcast, you know what I'm going to say. You need to experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform that features lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, which includes everything that's text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and more. Bottom line, Accelerate helps lenders close out more loans through better borrower engagement. And if you're not already, make sure to follow uh, their CEO, Josh Friend, on LinkedIn. There's, he's got a lot of good content and uh, good engagement there on, uh, on LinkedIn, good information. And if you want to schedule your personal demo, make sure and go to Accelerate.com. You can do that there. All right. Before we get into the conversation, I want to toss it over to our CEO, Susan Malazzo, for this week's uh, weekly update. Susan. Thanks, Dustin. Hi, this is Susan with the California MBA. This week, I'm inviting you to a fun virtual event that we are doing on St. Patrick's Day. It's called Politics and Pints, and it's a virtual fundraiser for MORPAC, the Political Action Committee of the National Mortgage Bankers Association. Uh, We will be featuring uh, at this virtual event some key staff from the MBA, including their um, senior management, policy, and legislative and political affairs team, be talking with you about um, how they continue to engage the uh, new Congress and the administration on priorities that are uh, top of mind for the mortgage industry. So it's an event that you really don't want to miss. It's great timing. We're just getting started with our new administration. So this is a great way to find out what's happening in DC. If you're interested in participating, contact us and we'll make sure that you get the registration information. That's it for this week. Back to you, Dustin. All right. Thanks, Susan. All right, now I want to welcome in our guest. I'm excited to welcome in Kathleen Schreiner-Gates, the president at uh, Simple Nexus. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's start at the beginning here. Tell us about your background in the industry and uh, and what led you to uh, where you're at here. I know just uh, recently you were named the uh, president of uh, Simple Nexus, so why don't you tell us uh, your background for us? Yeah, it's, it's, I usually do a confessional right out of the gate because I'm not one of those tenured mortgage professionals that uh, have spent their whole career in mortgage. I'm actually a tech. I spent my life in enterprise software, software as a service, and it was actually that background that first appealed to Ellie Mae. So I joined Ellie Mae in 2012. So my mortgage experience, other than having a mortgage, uh, started back then. And I have to say, I mean, I learned a ton about the industry, but it was really about how do we use technology to disrupt and reinvent and and uh, you know add streamlining to what was considered by many people to be an industry lagging in the adoption of technology. So uh, after about seven and a half years at Ellie Mae, I retired, but still was connected to a lot of people in the industry and was approached by Simple Nexus, who was looking at a growth curve that they thought would require maybe bringing in some people with a skill set of having scaled 
companies before. And that's really my background. My background is to look at companies that have a real opportunity to grow, uh, that have all the right DNA in terms of innovation and technology talent, and then sort of assist in the go-to-market strategy. How do we scale? How do we understand what that market you know, is, is waiting for and needs? And so I started working with the Simple Nexus leadership, uh, Matt Hansen and Ben Miller, and uh, eventually joined the board of directors. Uh, so in joining the board, which is what my intention was after retirement, was sort of to help companies really scale that had great opportunity. Uh, and that just sort of evolved into, here comes the pandemic. Um, it, it means that there's a change in course for a lot of folks, but Simple Nexus was still growing and scaling. So they said, could you kind of come on board a little more full time? So that's what I did in August. And frankly, it, it's just been wonderful. Uh, this is an organization that I'd heard about for years at Ellie Mae, by the way. Uh, Ellie Mae has an extensive, I should actually say ICE mortgage technology, sorry, I'm dating myself here. Um, but they have an, an extensive partner ecosystem. And uh, I've been hearing about Simple Nexus for years, mostly through the voice of loan officers and leadership at lenders that were saying, boy, this platform that these loan officers are using, they're, they're like raving fans. They won't give it up, they love it, it, it really helps, you know, it, it's transformative for, for their function. And I was sort of curious about them. So when I was approached by Ben and Matt, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna understand this company a little bit more. Um, and it's, uh, it's been great, it's been great. Um, being a tech company, it, it took about 30 minutes to get the word out that we're going remote. Everybody had the technology. Uh, and then we were all part of what happened in the industry, right? And how that industry, how the industry took off. So it's, we've been quite busy. Yeah. Well, and it's fascinating to me that, I mean, you, you're, you know, you're two forays into the mortgage industry at LMA Now Ice. I mean, right. I mean, you talked about, you know, you joined them in, in I think 2012, you said, I mean, that's right at the beginning of their growth of their, you know, crazy high growth curve that's, you know, led them to where they're at now at, uh, you know, part of ICE. And now Simple Nexus right at the beginning of the pandemic, but also in the midst of a you know steep growth curve too. So I mean that had to have that experience at LMA had to have paid off uh, coming over to Simple Nexus. Oh yeah, and and you know I was fortunate to have had an experience in a financial tech company earlier. It's now part of Oracle Corporation. So I kind of knew what it looked like. I I knew what the obstacles could be. I knew what the pitfalls could be. And and again, that's what Jonathan Kaur liked about my background when I was coming to Ellie Mae. Uh, and, and some of those principles don't change, right? Uh, do you have the right talent? Do you have the right systems and processes? Uh, do you keep the customer central to your decision-making? You know, anyone who loses sight of what's going on with the customer, and in our case, our lenders, um, will lose their way. So uh, th those were all elements Simple Nexus had in place. Uh, some of the experience of how do you scale was what I sort of bring to the to the party. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So speaking of the the team at Simple Nexus, I'm I'm really curious about this. When you look at the you know the leadership page at uh, on the Simple Nexus website, I mean one thing that's you know very striking is uh, you know amongst the, uh, the the group there, everyone is a founder and you know an original employee except you. 
So, you know, what has it been like, you know, integrating with this very, you know, entrenched uh, executive team? I mean, I give them, you know, major credit for reaching outside the organization and bringing someone in right. uh, you know, at this point in their, in their, in their lifespan. Um, but what's that been like from your perspective? Well, you know, the, the easiest way to describe it is that we share the same values. Uh, what's important to us as leaders is, is very much a shared set of values. And you click into that right away. I, I'd say that's that's the foundation of, of why it's been so smooth. Um, I think the other thing is that the the organization is a learning organization. So they embrace what they, you know, people who can bring value in terms of experiences they don't have. They're, they're singularly focused on getting better all the time. And so, uh, I, I think that was sort of some common ground. I think if the company wasn't as full of talent as it is, and, and you know, what does talent look like, right? Talent looks like people who are continuous learners. Um, they're focused on the right things. It was incredibly smooth. I, I still sort of marvel at it, as a matter of fact, because this was a very tight-knit leadership team. Uh, but they're very focused on the culture of Simple Nexus, and that's sort of a talent magnet that brings in people that have similar values, and it just makes everything run pretty smoothly. And 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 they're so talented themselves, um, and they're energized by this mission. They're really focused on, and I know you'll have some questions about that given the the theme of the month. But you know, everybody has a vision of helping people realize the American dream of home ownership, right? Anyone who plays a role in that is, is excited by how can we help with this journey? How can we put more people in homes? Lenders want to do that. The fintech companies want to do that. And so does Simple Nexus. So uh, it's exciting, fun work. Right. Well, and at the end of the day, I mean, I, I you know, I think we've you know, all, all heard this at some point uh, you know, from someone in the industry. But at the end of the day, people are not, you know, the end consumer, they're not buying a mortgage, they're buying a house. And it's you yes. know, imperative on you know, everyone in the industry to sort of make that process as easy as possible so we can all get to that end goal there. So, I, you know, I think yeah, I mean, how many people do you hear say, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to go through the, you know, mortgage application process. Can't wait. Um, yeah. Right. They, the end game is is they're going into a home. And I, I think that just resonates with everyone in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, things that uh, things that resonate, I mean, you guys at Simple Nexus, you just uh, completed the uh, your annual snug event. You know, tell yeah. me what's the what's your uh, most what's the biggest takeaway that uh, that you had from that event? And maybe tell us some tell us about the event for those that uh, aren't familiar with it. Yeah, the event is called Snug, a simple Nexus user group. It, it's actually got a bit of a reputation in the industry for being just one of these great events. How many events do you go to the mountains for in the middle of winter, right? So Simple Nexus, headquartered in Utah, has had this conference at, uh, at Snowbird in Utah for years. And we had this moment where we had to make a decision whether to um, – and you make you make these decisions a year ago, right? Uh, you know, right. is this pandemic still going to be a factor a year from now? And obviously, we made the decision that uh, it would be irresponsible to have a live event. So we got to do a lot of inventing of what uh, you know what a remote virtual conference might look like. How do you get engagement? How do you communicate content without droning on and on? 
and and with those objectives, I feel we did pretty well, frankly. Uh, we had over 500 folks registering. Um, we had we're still collecting a lot of the data, of course, but we had a fun opening night event of a chef teaching us how to make great meatballs and. And then we ran about 10 sessions that were very dense with content, but they were spread around the day so that people who were still dealing with Erla, you know, we knew that this was happening the week before Erla took effect. Um, you could come into a session and then you could break away and take care of business. You could come back to the afternoon session and we've recorded all the sessions so the registrants have access to the content. So one great takeaway was that we, we made a lot of good decisions about how to run a virtual conference. We saw a lot of organizations attempt to do it and not do so well at it. So we had the ability to learn from some things we had experienced as attendees. And that kind of, the takeaway from that was, well, we could do more of this. Yes, we'll be live next year, but why not have some virtual events interspersed through the year? Because we used a platform that was engaging and we could have live Q&A and we, we can record the sessions and, and really make them um, reasonably accessible. Um, so we had a great experience from that end. I, I think the takeaway for me, uh, you know, I'm six months in as uh, president of Simple Nexus and you hear all of the things in a very two-dimensional way. I mean, I haven't been able to be in front of uh, you know, in conferences and engaging with a lot of customers. So it was great for me to see our customers become part of panels that talked about their experiences. But to get ready for the conference, we collected a lot of statistics. We um, obviously have a lot of data and uh, we started mining the data to sort of share what's been going on in the industry. And the big value proposition for the Simple Nexus platform is the concept of a shared single platform that the realtor, the borrower, and the loan officer can all be on at the same time and, and exchange information and, and data. But to get there, you have to have referrals. A loan officer shares their app, their mobile app, with the realtor partners that they have. And those realtor partners may share it with their borrowers. And the borrowers will then talk about the realtor partner they worked with and share the app. So we started collecting data and sharing it with the attendees. And it was like 1.7 million referrals were, were shared in 2020 alone. And, and, you know, that's sort of lovely, but what does that mean? Well, it, what lenders are starting to experience is about 25 of their uh, referrals were coming in from these partners that they shared the app with. And, when that happens, it's 76% more likely that that will become a completed app. And then when you up the, you know, the percentage of getting a completed app, then you have, you know, that kind of uplift and close rate because these are, these referrals coming in are, are highly qualified borrowers. Yeah. They've been having conversations with the realtors. And so the loan officer getting a referral from a realtor, a realtor getting a referral from a, previous borrower. And, and so we were sharing lots of that data and that was really the buzz of the conference um, yeah. is, is to leverage that, spread that app around, um, make it viral. And then for a lender or a loan officer, these referrals coming in through this partner ecosystem a loan officer has built actually cuts the cost of customer acquisition. It expedites 
um, sort of the app to close because these are serious, serious borrowers. They've been referred by someone familiar in their ecosystem. It's just that was the buzz of the conference. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you've you know sort of already answered this, but do you think that you know the comprehensive homeownership platform model that you guys have there is that the wave of the future for customer experience? I mean, it sounds like you know it sounds like the answer is yes, obviously, but uh, maybe dig a little bit more deep in that and uh, you know tell us why. Yeah, I you know I think every well we all know the millennial bubble is sort of arriving, right? So we know that that's the biggest population ever to try to move into homeownership and. A lot of them have expectations of what that experience should look like. So what is the mix between when you're going to do, you know, 90% of them will do their research online before they'll engage with anyone. But when they're ready to make this big decision in their lives, one of the biggest decisions they'll ever make, they, they want to have a relationship with somebody who's going to give them the right kind of advice. So I think it's about making sure that, um, what you can do sort of with mobile and be there when they're there, um, that's just not going to go away. That's only going to accelerate. Well, in this is the, I mean, this is the generation that grew up without Blockbuster and, you know, are buying cars, you know, with Carvana and <laughs> I mean, never going to test drive a car and never going to see it in person. So I think you're totally right about that. Exactly. And, you know, what are they holding up as the bar, right? You know, it could be well, pick, you know, pick your example, you know, pick Amazon. I mean, who would have envisioned however many years ago that, you know, that Amazon would get into the food delivery business, right? You know, I don't know that the average consumer saw Amazon whole foods happening. And, and that's simply, if you think about what is Amazon in the business of doing, it's not, so it, you know, it started out selling books, but that's not their business. So, I think you can apply a lot of those mental models to the, the whole home ownership journey. If you think about originating alone and closing alone, you know, that's a step in a process of a journey. Now you're in your home and you have to figure out where everything is and how to get my utilities set up and do I have the right insurance coverage and, you know, what are the school systems and yeah, so. All the questions start then. Exactly. And, and I recently bought a home in Arizona and our go-to was our realtor. Okay, so like, you know, or banging on a neighbor's door and saying, so what's the garbage collection scenario here? And if we could have done that through our mobile app with links, we would have. I mean, you know, um, I'm completely a techno, you know, techno nerd. I'll do everything online that I can do online. And by the way, the recent research says, you know, there's a huge population of people over 50, over 60, you know, that are very much into doing everything online, uh, whether it's web or mobile. Um, so I just don't see it ending. I don't see it stopping. I, 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 I think the idea is that when somebody needs to have that, that advice and that interaction, that the platforms enable that and facilitate that. And it, it feels natural. It feels like it's a part of the process. Yeah, no, I absolutely, I absolutely think, and I think that, you know, I mean, you're right about Amazon and whether it's Carvana or one of these other uh, products, right. I mean, even, even, you know, when you're talking food, I mean, people are buying or, you know, they're doing the subscriptions to stuff like the Blue Apron and, and uh, uh, just having their food delivered, you know, completely all set up. But I mean, they're not going even to the grocery store in some cases. So, well, I remember, you know, I, I have three millennial children 
And I remember when my son moved into Manhattan after college a few years ago, and we went to see him and I stumbled across, you know, of course, you know, guys post-college, you can use your imagination, um, stumbled over these Amazon boxes left and right. And they're in Manhattan. It takes like five giant steps to go to a grocery store, but they don't. My son was in investment banking, so he had no life. Um, so everything was delivered. And, and so these Amazon food deliveries were just showing up. And it was an aha moment for me because I was, I was feeling archaic. I was still going to grocery stores. Yeah, well, and I think it, it appeals to even, you know, whether or not you're, you know, like you said, in the midst of a, a, you know, super urban environment and, you know, unbelievably busy life like that. Or, I mean, in my case, I'm in a bit of a rural environment. And so it's, I mean, Amazon is very appealing in that case, too, to have, you know, right. save save time and, and uh, make it a lot easier to just shop online, whether that's for a mortgage or, you know, groceries. So, um, so let's get to the, uh, let's uh, switch gears a bit here. I'm curious what your thoughts are and where we're at this, in, uh, um, in the industry's development of uh, mobile closing processes, digital closing processes. Um, I mean, obviously, in, in my case, again, specifically, I mean, I'm in a rural environment, so the idea of, you know, the idea that I could do that, all that closing work, instead of going to meet someone, um, and, you know, all the hassle that that uh, entails to schedule that, the idea of doing that online or on even on my smartphone is very appealing. So, you know, where are we at with that as an industry? Well, you know, I, I think we're still at the beginning of, of, of that whole e-closing getting organized, right? You have some folks way ahead of other folks. Um, when you think about sort of adoption, you have early adopters like anything with technology, you have early adopters, you have laggards. Um, I, I think one thing the pandemic did was it created a forcing function that accelerated to market many of these solutions. And, and frankly, Simple Nexus pivoted a bit. Simple Nexus said, hmm, here's this pandemic. Don't think it's gonna go away that soon. Uh, let's look at our roadmap. Let's bring forward the e-close capability because people are going to be reluctant to go into offices. And, and, and so um, the beauty of sort of the agile and, and the way those that follow that kind of protocol for development and um, is that you can pivot, you can move quickly. So um, Simple Nexus pivoted, came to market in August, September with an e-close capability, and we're seeing a lot of other folks do it. Now, there were some players out there sort of automating a piece of it. Um, the idea is, wouldn't it be great, going back to some of what I said earlier, wouldn't it be great if that borrower and that LO or that were in that platform to uh, facilitate the application and move that loan along stays in the same platform, single sign-on. That borrower isn't going through a, a net new process to now close the loan. They're in the With same platform. password and username you got to remember. Exactly. And, you know, they're talking to the same people and the realtor's going, how's that loan going? Um, now, now, obviously, there's the concept of how much are we doing now? And we still have to see Ron happen you know, across many jurisdictions and, 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 you know, people are states or certain states are used to doing things in a certain way and, and it's disruptive to processes. And you've got um, lenders that are saying, well, how does this change my process? What does this do? So you have to give people time to be educated, understand the benefits. We have to 
let sort of the E notes and E vaults and everything sort of take hold. So I think we're still in a relatively unorganized state, but you will see things get much more organized, uh, much more fluid. As OCR takes hold, you'll see a lot more kind of um, advantage there. And, and aside from the obvious benefit of the borrower having a much more elegant and simple experience and a single sign-on experience, the lender is going to experience great savings in closing, post-closing, you know, just thinking of QC, thinking of just organizing documents. It's uh, Technology is not going to um, stop impacting the entire origination process. It's going to continue to, um, you know, to facilitate change in a good way. Yeah. So do you think that, uh, and, and maybe this is, you know, the answer to this question, um, what what is the biggest pain point right now for borrowers from your perspective when it comes to, um, you know, the experience the borrowers have throughout the process? Is it that closing process or is there something else uh, along the way that's maybe a bigger pain point? You know, I it's it's really really a great question. Um, you know, I, going back to our millennial discussion, right? Uh, I don't think my children would know how to why they would ever walk into a brick and mortar bank. You know, they they wouldn't know what to like. Why do you go into that building? Um, you know, their entire you know they don't they don't even go on like a laptop. They're just they're doing everything on that device. So I, I think one of the biggest pain points might be um, how do they get educated on what this massive transaction is going to mean and how to get ready for it. And, you know, it's like all of a sudden they have to know what all these documents are that they need and never occurred to them. So doing something for the first time, but the people that they might go to for advice might be their parents or other generations that did things very, very differently. So. Mm -hmm. It's really sort of knowing what do I do next? How do I get there? What questions do I need to ask myself that I didn't think of? And 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 that's where having this ability to interact and to have, you know, gone are the days where you'd sort of call somebody and, and leave a message and then wait for a call back. It's you're you're live chatting. Okay, oh, you needed that W-2. Okay, let me go find that electronically. So I think the biggest pain point is where they get thrown in and out of their sort of tech world. Oh, I've got to do a wet signature on this. Like they actually don't understand why that would ever happen. So yeah. a part of me says using their thumbprint to you know log into their iPad or their you know the optical. Yeah. Right, and 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 you simply you simply watch them saying, why? wouldn't this be a simpler, you know, why can't we do this more easily? And we, we all have had the conversation about things like, you know, our, our PII getting out, like, you know, what about my, this, my confidential data? And I don't, I don't think the generation coming through home ownership now has some of those concerns. I think they, they assume that the security layers have been just dealt with. It's like, yeah, because, um, they don't even have checkbooks, you know, they, everything is just Venmo or. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times when you're, you know, when you've spent your entire life, you know, whether you're, whether it's Google or Apple kind of scrolling through the terms of service as fast as you can to get to the bottom and say, you know, agree. 
then yeah, I mean, you're right. It doesn't, uh, the idea that I'm going to sit and go through this complicated process and, you know, and to your point, I mean, it is a much, much more uh, different process than they're used to. And so I think you're right. Education is huge upfront and even before the, before yeah, you and start. the availability of guidance while they're going through the process. I think, I, I think there's a potential that they would get frustrated if things aren't as available on their mobile device as they think they should be. Um, and, and the fact that they would have to leave that device and go elsewhere to try to figure all these things out, um, that, that's my guess. I could be completely off base on, on what the biggest pain point is, but it's a little bit of why can't I just get all of this right here? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely, I think that, I think it makes a lot of sense because every other aspect of their life every other transaction has been made so simple to your point that you can almost live your entire life on your phone or your, you know, your uh, iPad. Right. Um, so, I mean, maybe this, this gets to this question. Where do you think in the next few years, where will we see uh, more change either in, you know, ease of use or in, I mean, we haven't talked about this very much, but a faster turnaround for borrowers. What, you know, what, where are we going to see the biggest change when it comes to borrower experience? You know, I, I think the last couple of years has seen sort of revolutionary change on the front, the front end, you know, point of sale and home search, you know, um, finding homes, getting to the application. So I think we're at the very beginnings of, you know, sort of the, the closing revolution, you know, and uh, what things like, um, you know, what OCR, what optical character recognition can do to facilitate things, what AI can do, you know. Um, the speed of loans getting underwritten because things are going to happen by exception. Not not everything has to be touched. Not every not every document needs eyeballs on it. Um, if we can create automation and intelligence to speed things through, um, and therefore simply elevate critical decisions that a human has to make. Um, so I, I I think you know your Carvana example is a great one. Is I was part of a technology consulting firm many years ago, and we were talking about, and, and this was a while ago, and we were talking about, gee, car sales folks will become obsolete because you'll actually go to a kiosk, you'll pick things you like, and you'll be able to find where the car is. There's a there's a thought some you know among many people who know a lot more about the mortgage process than I do um, that that say why is it so difficult and complicated to buy a home? Why can't you go out like you can in Europe? You know, there are a lot, a lot of countries that it's a lot easier to buy a home than it is here. Um, so I, I just think barriers are going to get broken down more and more as technology enables people to be comfortable with the process. Um, you know, all of my financial information is secure and is centralized. I'm not chasing everything down. There, there are platforms out there that allow for that, uh, that didn't exist 20 years ago. Uh, so I'm a, if you can't tell, I'm a strong believer in technology enablement for things like competitive advantage, for process improvement, for efficiency gain. It's just gonna continue, but I think we're just at the beginning of the whole e-close revolution. Well, and I think that, you know, I think the industry is finding out that as we bring in, you know, and it's not it's certainly a knock against people who've been in the industry for a long time, but, you know, you bring in people from the tech world, from the fintech world, who, to your point, I mean, they look at problems and they're like, well, 
you know, even the, you may have been doing this for the last 50 or 60 years this way, but how about we do it a better way? Right, you know, right. There's, a lot, there's just a lot of, you know, in any industry, there's some stagnation until you get some uh, fresh ideas from the outside and, and a push from the outside. Um, that right, and we have, we have a combination happening now, right? We have a pandemic that's a forcing function, yeah. for sure. I, I really don't think we would have moved into e-closing as fast as we did without it. And then we have a generational, you know, aspect of uh, the other factor about um, mortgage lending is I love asking everyone I meet, how did you get into mortgage lending as a career? No one says when I went to college, I was going to graduate and go into mortgage lending, right? Everyone has a story. Waiting to find that person. Right. No one said when I grow up, I want to be a loan officer. I want to be a closer. I want to be an underwriter. It, it just hasn't been something that, um, you know, that, that that people sort of go to school and say, this is what I want to do. And yet it's a massively large, if not the largest industry in the country. So how did people get in there? Well, they got in there through, you know, helping their parents at the close, you know, filing <laughs> paperwork after school, um, you know, going to their mom's brokerage office, going to their father's office as an intern, you know, and, and, um, I, I think that we have a generation coming into the industry that is challenging a lot of the conventional thinking. And they're bringing with them a bias towards automation. And so we will see more automation, technologies evolved, and we have a, a forcing function. I think that that's, and you have those conditions that existed in 2020 that created what the largest you know year in the industry you cannot survive these waves of volume without technology enabling and and uh and helping these lenders handle the growth so there's got to there's i think i've seen just in my short time in the industry um i've seen an a you know a leadership leadership across lending, embracing technology like I did not see when I first came into the industry. I think you're right. Well, and you know, I mean, to your point about the pandemic, I mean, I don't think there's, I think every lender would attest that if they hadn't, adopt, hadn't adopted and really engaged with their uh, tech stack and making sure it was, you know, working at optimum levels, they wouldn't have survived the past year. They would have been completely right. swamped and, you know, and uh, unable to keep up with the volume as much and it was as much of a struggle as it was even with you know embracing technology um it would have been you know 10 times harder without um yeah and i don't want to i don't want to come across it as it's all about technology we, we did a great survive and thrive panel at snug last week and we heard these leaders talking about how did they survive and so many of them survived on talent strategies how do you bring people in? How do you onboard them quickly? How do you keep them engaged and motivated? Because you are, you know, you've got a lot of volume spinning through. So I was really encouraged by how innovative some of the talent strategies were. Um, so it's really about just constantly evolving. But technology, of course, does play a major role. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think, I mean, we, we talked about this uh, at... Uh, our mortgage innovators conference um, that I mean innovation is certainly not just as you point out it's not just technology it's your operations it's how you think about yeah. how your company runs so I think you're dead on with that change management you know boy just 
just the, the, the foundational elements of change management. Every lender had to look at, oh, now we're remote. Oh, here come volumes. Oh, where's our staff? What, um, it, it just props to the industry on, on just having come through this. Yeah, 100%. So uh, last question here, we're starting to run out of time, um, but I'm curious your thoughts on, uh, I mean, Simple Nexus has been a great sponsor, great uh, support of the California MBA for a number of years now. So from your perspective, why should, or what would you tell an, another uh, industry solutions partner um, company, you know, why should they support the advocacy efforts of the California MBA, the MBA, groups like that? You know, I, I was sort of this great, sort of blank slate coming into the industry and learning about mortgage bankers associations all over the country. And I was incredibly impressed having come out of other industries that, I mean, I, I see the CMBA as sort of the connective tissue between the, the industry and the providers in the industry is being able to step back, look at a 10,000 foot level, figure out what needs advocacy, figure out who the players are that have the best ideas, provide the platform for these players to share these ideas. Um, I, I can't imagine the industry without CMBA or the MBA. It, it's, it, it is the glue or the connective tissue that actually you know, creates the interaction space for all of these uh, you know, communities to come together to, to really help the, the, the overall industry. Um, I, I, I think we look to you for uh, thought leadership for access and network uh, to other thinkers that that can impact how fast we can deliver on our vision. Um, no one does this in isolation. No one does it in a silo. Yeah. And so these organizations are so essential to break down any silo or or any barriers to innovation or or creativity or success. Yeah, I mean, I 100%, and thank you for that. And I, I mean, I think you're 100% right on that too. And it, uh, I mean, when I came, when I first uh, came here, you know, 15, 16 years ago at this point, I mean, it was, everyone said, and it was true. I mean, it's a small industry, a small community. Right. It's gotten much smaller even in the past, you know, just a couple of years to your point that, you know, it's, there's less um, competitive friction, if you will, and more, you know, idea sharing, more, you know, we've all got to do a better job. And, you know, there's, Nobody has the no. Nobody's cornered the market on great ideas. There are a lot of great ideas out there. We just have to find ways to, as you put it, connect people and and uh, get those ideas spread throughout the industry. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think everyone, you know, everyone focuses on what is my secret sauce, what is my differentiator. But underneath that layer, everyone is trying to do the great work of putting people in homes. And with that sort of shared sort of sensibility uh, I, I think it's it creates a very a fascinating uh, network of people uh, a very connected industry 100 percent well kathleen thank you again for joining us today on uh, connected it was great talking with you i think we could obviously talk uh, a lot more about this you've got yeah. you definitely got the passion for uh, um, technology and innovation in the industry and i think uh, simple nexus in the industry is better for having you as part of it Oh, and, and same here. I'm, I'm better for being a part of them. It's, it's just been great. And uh, thank you very much for inviting me on. It's, it's been fun. I look forward to uh, watching more of them. I've watched a few already and, um, you know, I, I learn something every time. 
Scott. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, and if you enjoyed the conversation here, make sure and subscribe to us. You can uh, subscribe here on our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back again next week for another episode of Connect. We'll see you then. Here we go.